This morning we're going to be in Romans. Uh, so as you're finding Romans chapter 1, um, uh, just a, a couple more shameless plugs for our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, I love Wednesday night Bible study. We're having a great time. We get to interact with one another. Um, we just we just have fun, and, and uh, we're having fun growing in the Lord, learning together, and also in Sunday school, I, I think it's any time we can make God's Word available to us in a, in a way that we can learn and understand, I think it's important. So I uh, love those two special times that we do. Uh, so keep those in mind if you would be able to do those. So let's take our Bibles. we got Romans. Some of you are being stingy. Get them Bibles up. Oh, Megan, that's a phone. <laughs> this is God's Word for me today. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1. Verse 8, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. This is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the, the church in Rome. Because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the encouragement that we find in your word. And God, I just ask that this morning you will help us to open our hearts to your word. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I've shared this story before, but oh, a, year, a couple years ago, we had a, a new boss uh, take over. Um, it's like the next level up from our manager. And so we had a meeting at work and, and inter to introduce the new, the new guy. And, and my boss, who I've talked about many times, he gets up and he says, you know, the first thing I want to do is I want to tell you guys how great you are, how much I, I love you guys, how, how, you know, I appreciate all your hard work, how much, you know, he said, I just, I just want to show you some love. And that's my boss. And uh, let me just tell you, he means it from his heart. Uh, he's always telling us how much he appreciates us. He's always showing us how much he appreciates us by back by standing behind us. So he got up and he gave this nice long speech and he gave us all a hand clap and then he, then he turned it over to our new boss, who or the guy that's above him, and he proceeded to tell us some stories that just blew us away. He said that him and his wife came from two different uh, parts of the country. So he said we just when we, it came time for us to decide where we wanted to live, we chose. The furthest point away from both of those families to live. In the middle, the furthest away they could. And we're all like, this dude, is, he, he's something. And then he went on to say, well, he says, you know, I'm just, I'm really not used to giving this love and stuff like Tracy does. And we're like, is it any wonder that he was having trouble with the, you know, we all knew that he was having trouble with the people that were under him before. That's kind of why he was getting, you know. And, and, and so we all got together and talked afterwards. It's like, well, we, now we understand. The guy doesn't know how to treat people. He doesn't know how to get the most out of his people because he doesn't know how to treat them. You know, where we were so used and still are used to our boss who he gets the most out of us because he encourages us the whole time he's pushing us. You know, he's, he's leading us and he's, and he's getting out of us. So, as Paul starts off this letter, 
he, he, he begins this part of the letter by saying, listen, guys, you guys are awesome. You know, this is par- I'm going to paraphrase. I am so thankful to have a, a, a church that is so on fire for the Lord. A church that, that is doing the work that God has called them to do. A, a church that loves to do God's work. And, and he says, you know, I, God is my witness. He's, he's heard about the greatness of this church everywhere he goes. And so here we see Paul, and the, he wants to let this church know, first and foremost, listen guys, I love you and I appreciate you. And as Paul goes on throughout his teaching about it to the Romans, the, one of the awesome things about this is he shows them that how much he cares about them before he sometimes has to instruct them in some of the things they're not doing right. What I found interesting about this is it was genuine from Paul. And just like I said about my boss, it's genuine because he lives it out and he shows us every day. But Paul had that same heart and love for the church in Rome. And so when he's telling them here how awesome they are, he isn't doing it so that later he can smack them on the hand and make them feel good about it. He's doing it because it's genuine. And, and when somebody loves you enough to tell you the truth about something, when you, it's a lot easier when they've established a relationship with you up front. It's a lot easier for that same person to correct you when you know most of the time they're telling you how, that they love you and that they care about you and that, that you're, you're doing good. And so I, as I read this, and, and, and over the course of the next few weeks, I'm going to try to work through the book of Romans in some different sermons, and, and, um, but I'm not going to neglect Thanksgiving and Christmas because I, I, love, I love those holidays. But So I don't know how long this is going to go. I, I don't know. I'm just starting on, down that road. But I've called the title of the message Romans on the Road. Romans on the Road. And, and I'm sure most of you have probably heard about Romans Road, which is the way of salvation throughout the book of Romans. So that's kind of why uh, I titled it that way. And so Paul shows us a lesson on how to prepare hearts to receive a message from God. Because let's be honest, you know, and we talked in Sunday school kind of about this a little bit, but to be honest, the message from God isn't always easy. The message... Now, how many like Pepto-Bismol, the liquid stuff? I knew people that... I had cousins that drink that stuff like it was a milkshake. That stuff touches my tongue and lots of stuff come out. I cannot put that stuff in my mouth. Anything milky and chalky like that doesn't go in my mouth. And, and, and so I gotta, I gotta have something else I can swallow, okay? And, and let's just be honest, sometimes when God begins to speak to us, it's kinda like that. It's like, ooh, I know this is good for me, but it's really hard to stomach. I know that God's got, got something for me, but man, why don't He give me an easier pill to swallow than that? Make it fruity and, and, you know, and let me swallow it. But no, sometimes the pill God gives us, or the thing God's trying to tell us, isn't that easy to swallow. And some of the things that the Apostle Paul was going to talk to the Romans about probably wasn't that easy to swallow. So he wanted them to know, first and foremost, it's not coming from a position of, I can't wait to slap your hand. It's coming from a position of, listen, I love you guys. And because I love you, I only want what's best 
for you. And sometimes, if you're a parent, you know that what is best for your child isn't always the easiest thing. A lot of times, it's the hard thing. A lot of times, it's the thing you dread the most, but you know that it's the best for your child. And so, because you develop a relationship with that child, it doesn't always make it easy to swallow, but it makes it swallowable. It makes it so at least they know it's coming from someone who loves them and cares about them so much. So Paul lets his readers know that he cares about them genuinely. And I love that part about Paul. If you read the letters of Paul to, his, to the churches, it's from a heart of, listen guys, I love you. I love you so much. You see, um, he reminds them of a, how much he cares for them. He reminds them of, of their accomplishments. You know, we, we, we call, you know, the Royal Rangers and Mission Nets up here, or Impact Girls Ministries, sorry, uh, the name change there. But, but we want to recognize them. We want them to know their accomplishments mean something. And, 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 and I love again what Pastor Jared said. It's also up to all of us as a body of believers to speak into the lives of those kids. You know, they're, well, well, they're not my kid. Well, okay. But aren't we all in the family? Aren't we in all part of the same family of God? Then they are partly your responsibility. And, and I'm telling you, um, I just wanted to jump up and shout and run around and, you know, I got a, a young man here who, uh, Tyler is awesome. Tyler has grown in the Lord so much in these last few years and, and he is stepping out in faith and, and I'm excited for what God's doing. I'm excited that God will use us to do a work that we didn't, maybe didn't even dream we could ever do, but he's using us. And, and so we want to speak that life into people's lives. We want to love on people. We want to let them know that we appreciate what they're doing. We want to let them know because, yeah, there's going to come times we may have to speak a little bit of hard stuff into their life. There may come a time when we may have to say, listen, this isn't, you know, this isn't what's best. There may come a time. When, so we want to make sure they know, first and foremost, that we're genuinely, we genuinely care about them. And whatever we do is only for their best. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 says this, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor better than silver and gold. You see, as we go throughout this life, many times we, we get our eyes focused on what we can get. Well, I'm telling you, if you get a good name with God, you've got something that money can't buy. If, if you, when you stand before God, He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've, earned, you've accomplished something that's worth more than anything else you could have in your hand or in your bank account. As we walk through this life, it's important for us to set a godly example for those around us. It's important for us, not that we, not that, not that we should live in that Fear of ever making a mistake or, or that anybody would ever see us, you know, in our moment. But that we walk in the freedom we have in Him and we're going to serve Him faithfully. And people are going to see that, not so they can just pat you on the back, but so they can, the Bible tells us so when people see our good works, they glorify the Father which is in heaven. When people see the way we live our life, they glorify God because of it. It's not, it's not about us. We focus many times on the wrong thing. Here's a sobering thought. 
how do people outside of our church get their opinion of our church? Is it, is it like if they were outside the building this morning, would they be getting an opinion of our church? No, because they're not in here, right? And if they were in here, would they be getting a, they would be getting a opinion of our church. But the most opinion they're going to form about our church is when you rascals, us rascals, leave this church and we wake up Monday morning and we go to work or we go to Walmart or we go somewhere else, that's where they're going to form an opinion of our church. That's when they're going, to, they're going to, in their mind, they're going to begin to say either good things or bad things about not just us as individuals, because let's face it, if you as an individual are part of a church, they're going to look at you as an individual and also begin to associate your behavior with, well, that's what that church believes, you know, that's how they live. They, and again, that's not to put pressure on us to be perfect, because we can't live that way. But it is to, to help us to understand the importance of living our life in such a way that, that, that we live to please God. Because if we're really living that way, yeah, we're going to make mistakes, and people may see that, but also hopefully they're going to see us be repentant for those mistakes. They're also going to see that we recognize that that's not the way that we actually want to live. We can be known as a lot of different things simply based on what they see and hear from us as people from this church. Like what Paul said in verse, says in verse 9, he says, For God is my witness, whom I, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention you, that I mention you always in my prayers. You see, Paul saying, listen, I pray for you guys all the time. I love going over my mother-in-law's and she starts talking about the people she's praying for. Oh, she says, you know that one, that one missionary, that big guy that has that little wife, and they're down there, and, and she can't even usually remember it's New Orleans. But she, well, all she knows is we had a missionary couple here in this church that are, that, are, that are living in the inner city of New Orleans, feeding the homeless people. And she says, I pray for them every day. That, oh, she, she just, you know, she's just baffled by these people that would actually go there. But she, he's a big guy. You know, she goes, oh, but she's praying for him. Oh, she said, I pray for the church every day. And, and that, you know, I, I hear those things. It's like, it's coming from somebody that I know is not going to, not telling me that and not doing it. That's awesome when we can pray for one another. We should be praying for one another. Maybe God lays, I'm not saying you can sit here and remember James and Pam and Lamont and Linda and Kat. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when God lays people on your heart, it's for a reason. When God says, you know what? The pastor needs your prayer today. It's for a reason. When brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so comes on your mind on that day, my suggestion is just pray for them. Just pray for them. And then let, let God do what God wants to do. If it goes further than that, it does. But at the very least, pray for them. Paul said, telling the church in Rome, listen guys, I pray for you constantly. You're important to me. You're important to me. And, and I pray for you that God would be with you and strengthen you and bless you. Maybe in your prayer time, if you're saying, well, Pastor, I'm struggling. I, you know, I pray for a couple minutes and then I'm lost. Write down some names. Write down some things. It's okay. It's okay to have a piece of paper. and say, You know, we on Wednesday nights, we put that board here. 
We put the prayer requests on it. You think everybody in the room remembers all of them? No, but I, I'll be praying. I'll I think I'll look up because I want to see the next thing on the list, or maybe I pray for two or three and I can't remember. It's okay. It, it, come on, write some stuff down when you go to prayer. Say, God, what do you want me to pray about today? And write it down and set it in front of you and start praying. And you didn't stop and look at. It. That's okay. But, but the important thing is that we as brothers and sisters of the Lord, we care enough about each other that we pray for one another. And God, God hears our prayers. Um, Paul, one of the things that Paul wanted is Paul wanted to go to see the church in Rome. And, and he talks about here, I, I want to go that I might give something to you. That I might give you a spiritual gift to strengthen you. And, and he goes on that we might mutually be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. Paul says, listen, I want to I visit you because I know God has a word. God wants me to give you a word that's going to encourage you and bless you and strengthen you. And then in turn, it's going to encourage and bless and strengthen me. You see, all the while while you're praying for somebody else, I believe you're going to be blessed and encouraged and strengthened. Because when you see that person and you talk to them and say, man, thank you for your prayers because here's what happened after that prayer. I, I prayed for Jill last week and she told me Wednesday night, she said, Pastor, here's what happened after that prayer. She said, I was, I, and I'm like, that blessed my heart. Why not? Because I thought my prayer was something special. But because when we pray for one another, not only does it encourage them, but it encourages you that, to know that God is working together in the kingdom of God as we encourage and build one another up. That's why we spend time at that kind of stuff. Why? Because we believe that it's God's plan to help us to be strengthened and encouraged. And my prayer is no more valuable or powerful than someone else's. So when God lays somebody on your heart, man, take it as a, whoo, God's going to, Use me to bless this person and she's going to use that person to bless me. Let's get this prayer thing going. Pray for one another that God would be able to do what He has in mind to do. I love this part. Paul, Paul prayed you know, that he'd be, get to go to Rome. And, and, and this is awesome. This is really awesome because God just really blessed that prayer because in Acts we see Paul's trip to Rome. And it was awesome! Right? He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a poisonous snake. He was thrown into the ocean. How awesome! Woo! God blessed me like that again, right? Because the devil didn't want to happen what God wanted to happen, did he? Paul was all wanting to go to Rome. He wanted to talk to the... And he was a prisoner on top of that. He was a prisoner. He was in chains. And all that happened, and, and he went on like it was the greatest thing that ever happened because he was able to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the midst of his imprisonment, in the midst of the shipwreck, in the midst of, uh, of the serpent biting him on the hand, in the midst of, he was able to go in and pray for the leader of that country's, uh, I can't, was it his wife or his somebody, and they were, they were raised and, and healed. He was able to go on to Rome from there and present the gospel. See, so be careful what you pray for, right? Huh? And sometimes, don't you think that holds us back from praying for something? Well, pray for somebody to get saved. What if God wants to send me? Huh? 
If I pray for that country, what if God decides to send me? Woo! But God wants to use us for the kingdom, and, and especially you know, in our church, praying for one another, and, and then beyond that as, as we go outside that. But all along, Paul's journey had a purpose. Paul knew that what the journey God had him on to the people, to the church in Rome, had a purpose. It wasn't some aimless thing that he just wants to go. There was a purpose. I want to come see you. I want to be a part of what God is doing in your life. I want to be a part of of your church. I want to be a part of, of, of seeing us grow together in the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a, a pastor's heart is, is that we grow together. That's why I love, I, I just, I say it a hundred times, I say it every week, I love Wednesday night Bible study because I see growth in us as, as a body of believers, not just for a pastor, not just for an individual, but I see we're growing as a body of believers and, and we're able to, to share our concerns or our thoughts or our questions and we don't feel too silly doing it, except for when the pastor calls us out, right? We laugh and we have fun, but we're growing and we're learning and we're speaking into each other's lives. We're letting each other know that we care enough about what they're going through that we can speak something of encouragement into their lives. That was the Apostle Paul. You see, as a pastor, one of my desires is to present the Gospel so that you will be strengthened and you will be encouraged. I want, I want people that, that hear the message of the gospel and they, they're strengthened and encouraged to continue the fight of faith. To continue to do what God has called them to do in spite of the obstacles, in spite of the hardships. In spite, you know, Paul, in his prayer and then in his circumstances, he continued to praise the Lord for the ability to do what God had called him to do in spite of the circumstances. I'm not saying that's an easy thing. I'm not saying that's something that we all look forward to. But what I'm saying is, when we truly have in mind that I want to do the work that God has called me to do, we're willing to do those things. We're willing to allow the Lord to lead us into those circumstances. You see that Paul was telling him here in this first part of this scripture, in this scripture, that he wanted to come, but but he had been prevented. We don't know why all the reasons he had been prevented. We don't know if it was all the devil or if God was doing something different, but he says, listen, I've been wanting to come there and it seems like there's always something in the way. There's always something keeping me from doing what, you, what I want to do. And, uh, and, and so we see that uh, he, his desire, his strong desire was to minister. His strong desire was to pour his heart out to those in Rome. Paul says this, he said, I'm under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Paul says, listen, God's called me, and because God has called me, it doesn't matter who He sends me to, I'm bound to do what He's asked me to do. It doesn't matter what those people look like, what they act like. If you remember Jonah, when God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, he's, he's those people were wicked. Nineveh was one of the most wicked cities there ever was. And God told Jonah to go there, and Jonah says, huh, no way. Why? Because the people were bad, and they deserved it. How many times do we feel that way when God asks us to speak to somebody? Or God leads us in somebody's direction? Well, God, they don't deserve it. They don't, deserve, they don't even deserve to hear about you. 
Paul says, listen, because God has called me, I am bound to go wherever He leads me, no matter what the people... Barbarians, he says. Doesn't matter. When God puts a call in our life, He calls us no matter who the people are, no matter what they've done, no matter how they act. We are bound to do what God has asked us to do. So then he goes on, he says, So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. I'm also, I'm I'm eager to preach to whoever it is, but also I want to come and preach to you. You know, I I like teaching to adults. I like preaching in front of adults. Kids aren't my strong suit, but you know, there are times when I've had to step in and do that. Thankfully, it's not long term. (laughs) But sometimes we just have to be obedient. And sometimes it's going to take us out of our comfort zone. Sometimes it's not going to be the easy road. But if we really have a heart after God and what God is calling us to do, we're going to be willing to step out in faith and do those things. So Paul felt morally obligated to preach to everyone he met. Can you imagine being around Paul? Can you imagine being in the same town as Paul? I can almost guarantee you if you were in the same town as Paul, he was going to talk to you about Jesus. You were going to hear the gospel whether you wanted it or whether you didn't. Now, I'm not telling you to push something on anybody, but I'm, I'm saying, listen, when God opens a door, we need to step in it. When God presents us with, with a calling, when, when we, so God lays somebody on our heart, we need to step into that. And we need to go and with excitement. You know, instead of like, oh, i got to do that. You know, like kids coming up front sometimes like, oh, Pastor Jared, you always make us do that. But with excitement, yes, I get to say something about Jesus. I get to, and like, like Pastor Jared said, as, as adults, we need to show the kids, the teens, and the small children, we get excited about Jesus. We get excited about talking about Him. We get excited when we get to say something about Him. When we get to get a, a testimony about Him. It's exciting to us because He, he is awesome. That's what Paul was doing after Paul got saved on the road to Damascus. He was a ball of fire. He even confronted the other apostles, huh? Whoo, the big shots. Peter, uh, Peter, Peter was a great man of God, but Peter needed to be corrected, didn't he, at one point? And Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't mixing it, man. He said, listen, Peter, why are you doing this? What you just know you're not supposed to be doing, you're not supposed to be telling them, they aren't supposed to have to live like that. And see, that's, because Paul loved God so much and he loved people so much, he was willing to do what God had called him to do. You see, there are so many things in this world that are taking the place of God in people's lives. There are so many gods in this world that are crowding out the one true God. And it's up to us to love people enough to help them to see who Jesus is. I love what Paul says here in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ will never leave us shaken and ashamed, for it is a living gospel of power. We talked about it 
many times about the different things and about we talked about it this morning in Sunday school. Some people believe in the if I do more good than bad, I'm going to make it to heaven. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to bring people to heaven. It's no set of do's and don'ts and goods and bads. It's believing in Jesus Christ and Him alone that will get us there. And Paul says, listen, I'm not ashamed to proclaim Jesus. I'm not ashamed to stand up to those who try to put something else in Jesus' place. I'm not afraid to let it be known that I, I, don't, I, don't, go, I don't buy that, I don't belong to that, I don't believe in that. I believe in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If we trust in Jesus, we won't be ashamed either. We will not be ashamed to preach His gospel message. We will not be ashamed to tell people about His love and mercy. We will not be ashamed to love people enough to share the gospel. So this morning as we close, that we need to follow Paul's example, not that Paul wanted to set himself up as somebody to follow, but as we look at Paul's life, let's follow his example and to desire to see the church grow and reach the lost. You see, that's, that's the reason we exist. We don't exist so worse all will have in Assemblies of God Church. We don't exist so Pastor Terry and Pastor Jared will have jobs. We don't exist so we can come in here and have a nice warm building in the winter and a nice cool building in the summer. We don't come here so our kids will have Royal Rangers and Impact Girls Ministries. We come so that we can work together to build the kingdom of God. We come so that the gospel message of Jesus Christ will set the captive free. We come because we love enough to do what God asks us to do. We need to desire with all of our heart to reach the lost and to grow the kingdom of God. So as we do that, we will pray for each other and we will pray for the lost like we never have. And I would ask, and I hope you would ask God to burn within you a desire to do all He is asking you to do. Say, God, lay a burden on my heart and build a passion for that burden. Give me a burden and give me a passion. Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, I thank You for Your Word today as we look at Paul's passion and heart for the people in Rome. And Lord, may we have in our own hearts, in our own life, that same desire and that same passion for the people around us. Maybe You've called us to a small group of people we call family. Maybe you've called us to a small group of people we call our neighborhood. Maybe you've called us to a small group of people we call those that we work with, those that we shop with, those that we eat with. Whatever group it is that you've called us to, Lord, may we have a passion to love them and pray for them first. And then, Lord, have a passion to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help them to know that we love them enough to share Jesus with them. Lord, I pray for each person in this place this morning that we would understand that first and foremost, we need a personal relationship with you ourselves. That we need to walk away from the sin that drags us down and we need to allow you to set us free 
and then have a passion, Lord, to see others set free as well. Lord, as we come in these next few weeks as Thanksgiving and Christmas roll around, God, may we not allow Your love and Your passion to get lost in everything else, but God, may we, as we will come in contact with, with people maybe we don't normally get the opportunity to, God, may You help us to allow You to speak through us into their lives, to speak light and life, And so, Lord, this morning as we close this time, I just ask that Your Holy Spirit would begin to lay a burden on our heart and then give us a passion to follow that burden. Lay a burden on our heart and give us a passion for that burden. Lord, I pray that this week, every every time we pray, every time we read our Bible, that you will lay a burden on our heart and a passion would be built. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.